0: Another week of Nebraska high school football has passed us, and it's been another week of everything that's gone on. It's been crazy. It's been insane, but that's how we like it in Nebraska high school football. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the third episode of the Prep Extra Podcast, presented by the Lincoln Journal Star. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Jeff Ekstrom, and with me, the head
1: prep writer, Luke Mullen. Luke, how's it going? It's going great. Upsets, forfeits, playoffs pretty much a month away what's not to love. We are in the midst of the high school
0: football season when you say all that. Yeah. And like you mentioned, another number one has gone down. Let's start right there. And that was number one Pierce in C1. That is the third now. Number one has gone down.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Bell West, Class A number one. Millard South took him down. Aurora, preseason number one in Class B. Lost week one, North Platte, so they were the first one to fall. And it, it took a while for Pierce. They had some pretty impressive wins. Obviously, that regular season winning streak dating back to 2017, pretty incredible. Um, That level of consistency, the amount of games they had to get through. And ultimately, it was a a road test to Boone Central. No, it was a big night for them. They were honoring an an old state title team that beat Pierce, no less. Shout out to- Quite ironic there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the universe for aligning perfectly for that. And yeah, the performance from Boone Central, we're going to give- Major shout out to backup quarterback Alex Christo. Um, just one varsity completion heading into the game, called into duty, and man, he uh, he lit it up, didn't he? Yeah, let's say 175
0: yards, two touchdowns, add on 124 yards of rushing and another rushing touchdown. I yeah. mean, that's quite a performance for a backup.
1: Yeah, for sure. And their run game is usually their bread and butter, too, over their, the first couple games, so... 175 yards two touchdowns in the air too that's pretty uh pretty good for down the line if they can keep up that level of play too and then you got
0: Pierce quarterback uh, Abram uh, Schulting 305 yards through the air three touchdowns but three interceptions you yeah. that proved to be I think kind of the dagger a little bit because you can't expect to beat a team as good as Boone Central that we now know how good they are and throw three picks
1: for sure and I mean they air it out a lot they know that's kind of one of the risks when you have the level of talent you do, you know you kind of trust your guys to go up and make those plays, um, but you have to think the defensive backs from Boone Central—they were yeah. eager, eager to get the chance at some of those balls—and yeah, they made them pay. Um, definitely Ben Brommer from Pierce—he he had a 246 of those 305 yards, <laughs> which okay, talk about putting the team on his back a little bit catching the ball. I know he had a long touchdown or near touchdown catch that accounted for a lot of that. And the amount of offensive firepower that Pierce had, I mean, Boone Central defense going up to that challenge, passing it with flying colors, they are certainly a team to watch moving forward. Well, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of reaction
0: that this gets over at Pierce and how they bounce yeah. back. Because this is kind of situation we talked about last week when Bell, or a couple of weeks ago when Bell West lost. Was this a situation of poking the bear or is Boone Central in that top tier teams? I would still side with the fact that Boone Central is that good of a team. But we will see. Time will only tell how much of poking the bear it was in
1: Pierce. Definitely. I, I think the amount of uh, talent they have and the quality of coaching, they should bounce back fairly easily. Got O'Neill and West Point Beamer on the schedule next. Got a big regular season finale against Wayne. I think that'll... Ultimately, that's down the road a little bit, yeah. but hey, if they're able to just get through the season with one loss, or are they going to stumble again, that'll that'll probably be the game that'll test them the most.
0: And that's a big game in the end of the year. Yeah. Pearson-Wayne, a lot, and I mean a lot of playoff implications there. Both teams should easily make the playoffs, obviously, but that's a difference between what could possibly be a two and a yeah. four or five, mm-hmm. maybe. I'm just yeah throwing it out hypothetically, but that's something that's certainly in the question. For sure, yeah. Moving on to Class A, Millard South defeated once-ranked Oman North 43-21, and then Bellevue West enacted their revenge over the Bearcats after their historic win last year over the Thunderbirds. They defeated Kearney 49-13 on the road. Quite impressive and really not surprising based on what me and you predicted um,
1: last week. Yep. Carney. you know, they... They always put up a good fight, but game war on, Bellevue West playmakers kind of burst out some of those big plays, um, which that was something that they weren't able to do against Creighton Prep and against Millard South. Those second halves, they were a lot slower. So goes to show a little bit about Bellevue West adjustments. I you know they shuffled around some, some guys a little bit, maybe throughout some different packages that they were working on. Um, obviously, Coach Huffman up there, he's always going to tinker, he's going to... Yeah. Figure out some good solutions to to keep them moving on to every every next week and every next opponent. So yeah, big bounce back from them. Those two top teams really kind of showed why they they are capable of those top rankings. A little interesting fact about that game was that it was scoreless after
0: the first quarter. Wow. So all those yeah. points coming from the second, third, and fourth quarter. In Class B, new number one Bennington defeated Blair twenty eight to nothing, while Elkhorn rolled
1: over Austin
0: thirty
1: four to six. Yep, same situation in Class B. Those number one and number two teams—they're going up against some solid opponents. You know, teams that are going to try to pick up wins here and there. But over four quarters, again, just really showing why they are undefeated up there at the top. And and looking ahead to hopefully that Bennington Elkhorn matchup in a week from now might still be undefeated. Number one against number two. Geez, Bennington—they got some crazy games. Let's this say year. <laughs> like it's
0: pretty brutal. That's going to be well if you're proven before that only yeah. good things happen in the playoffs usually then moving over into the city scene the big one of the week happened on Thursday number 9 Lincoln East took on number 8 Lincoln Southeast and luke i was correct my hot take yeah. was spot on actually more than what i said lincoln east cruised over lincoln southeast 47 to 10 noah walters continues to show why he is arguably the best quarterback in the state
1: Absolutely. And Southeast defense, I thought, was going to be able to put up a pretty good fight. You know, they'd, they'd shown some some great periods of play over the first couple weeks of the season. Um, but really, the the offensive identity for Southeast is, is kind of missing at this point in time. Love running the ball. They got Max Buttenbach who's a phenomenal running back. He can pick up great gains, you know, pop off some first down runs. But when you got a guy like Jake Applegate, and he's only getting a couple catches every game they got to kind of figure out how to get some of those different pieces and, and balance that game plan a little bit. And particularly when you got No. Walters on the other side, who's obviously going to throw the ball about 30, 30-ish times a game. Yep. It's a pretty stark contrast. And, yeah, Malachi Coleman, he kind of came out of nowhere a little bit, had started on defensive end, rotated in at wide receiver a little bit, one of those big play guys. I think he had three catches, two for touchdowns going into the game, and yeah, had a a crazy long touchdown catch first play of the game, and I thought it was really interesting what I, what Malachi said after the game, post game interview. He said Noah called it. He told me run skinny post over the middle, you'll be open. And you know, obviously, I have no idea what Lincoln's play was that they mm-hmm. drew up, but to have your senior quarterback have that level of play recognition, be able to say you know run this route, I see something in the defense. That's pretty phenomenal that you know he has that connection with his receivers, too, and it, it really shows on the field. I have a feeling they're
0: going to look back at that Papillion-La South loss, 32-28, and yeah. kind of regret that a little bit. They do have a favorable schedule. Still some tests. Midwest West, who has proved to be—they can play tough, yeah. so we'll see what happens with them. They play them this week. Then they're at North Platte. Then they host Lincoln Northeast, and then showdown at the end of the year at Creighton Prep. I think that will really test how good this Lincoln East team, because I have a feeling that this is a very high ceiling Lincoln East team. I think they could be built for a deep run. I really do.
1: Definitely. Yeah, you have the level of talent on offense is probably arguably as good as anybody, you know, maybe Bell West, Millard South caliber up there at the top. Um, definitely defensively, they've they've put together some solid weeks. If they can get takeaways, you know, get the ball back to Walters, that's pretty important. But I think the key for them really is the offensive line mm-hmm. played really phenomenally against Lincoln Southeast. Let them run the ball a little bit, set up some of those play action looks, and the more time you give Walters to go through his progressions, you know, give those receivers time to free up too. That's that's going to help them a lot in the long run. It's going to be interesting because specifically in the state, once
0: the temperature really starts to go down, that's mm-hmm. when the grinded out football really. Yeah can shut down some of these high-powered offenses so it'll be really interesting to see how this lincoln east team reacts and i'm getting they remind me of the 2018 omaha west side team obviously i followed carney that year so carney played them in the playoffs and beat them but they were very high scoring they just threw the ball all the time and that's what this lincoln east team really reminds me of definitely good uh good comparison there some similar quality at quarterback yep yep, <laughs> yep exactly Moving on down the list, we move into well. Speaking of Noah Walters, Luke. Yep. Let's talk about some quarterbacks in Class A. You put together a list. Let's go through them. Number one, and I totally agree. Noah Walters. We just mentioned him. Yep. I don't really think there's. I mean, I guess maybe there's some argument for someone else. Like probably maybe our number two, but I don't know.
1: Statistically, yeah, there's it's like the, not even there's close. There's no one else that can be. Yeah. Um, I get all these numbers off Max Preps. I think. The vast majority of Class A schools have stats in there, so it's pretty accurate. Walter, 1,665 yards, 22 passing touchdowns. Next closest in yardage, Zane Flores with 1,006, so 600 yards behind him. And then in terms of touchdowns, uh, it's looking like Brody Mickey from Columbus with 10, so 12 passing touchdowns behind him too. I mean, that's over two games worth pretty much in both of those categories, yeah. which, which is pretty crazy. It's insane yeah. to me.
0: Number two, Gage Stenger from Millard South, and I still think that's a pretty good number
1: two. The senior is can do it both through the air and on the ground. Definitely. I think uh he would have been a little bit of a wild card going into the season, you know, having played a little bit at the other skill positions on offense, obviously a, a real talent on defense too. But hey, you know, can he do it week in, week out at quarterback? Well, he definitely can passing running threat and I got to give him major props for eight passing touchdowns no interceptions Mm -hmm. clean football you know with with the talent they have on defense too if he can avoid turning the ball over I mean just hey you know punt it away let your defense do your thing and get another set of downs that's obviously a winning formula
0: number three is Zane Flores from Gretna I would probably take Flores number one in terms of if we were deciding about future outlook yeah. um, but I agree there number three I think Stinger has done a little more I mean it helps playing in front of a better mm-hmm. team but I think Stinger has proven the season he's played better but Flores has been he's still been really good he's already got some college attention I believe he wanted to visit the K-State yeah um, and maybe some other D1 schools as well
1: yeah definitely a, a popular name around some of those Midwest colleges he's just as a junior he's getting a lot of recruiting interest you know going to want to be one of those guys that schools stay in touch with. You know, if he he goes off his senior year, he can obviously play himself up and do some bigger offers. But yeah, Flora's arm talent is pretty incredible. He throws into some great tight windows, uh, anticipates the defense really well. And yeah, the level of competition has been a little bit lower for Gretna. Um, You know, just obviously you can only play the opponent uh, that you face. And they shredded Bellevue East last week just again showing kind of the the level above that flores is to take apart some of these defenses
0: at number four he plays for the thunderbirds of bellevue west luke Johansson. he he has thrown for over 900 yards and has nine touchdowns to boot he's at your
1: number four luke yeah and those numbers are probably with four or five quarters missing out too um the way that bellevue west rotates their quarterbacks both those guys are phenomenal talents they're both um, great leaders of the offense and you got to think pretty pretty humble guys pretty good teammates to be able to to split those snaps and yeah Johansson he uh he has he has the arm talent he has kind of the leadership he's he's that senior quarterback that that you want out there and I think that's the reason why they they often go with him for more of the three-quarter look then finishing out the list is number five
0: Cooper Katsky from all Burke transfer from Colorado I believe
1: yep yeah just came to to Burke for this season for his senior year and he's uh he's been a major reason why they're four and one he's he's got that that great uh kind of gunslinger attitude a little bit. he's gonna throw it around and and make some big plays so nine touchdowns, four picks you know less than one a game i'm I'm sure Burke can live with that with the numbers he's put up seven hundred thirty eight yards pretty consistent guy can scramble around a little bit, just a really good athlete uh good size to him and and definitely been a solid contributor to to round out that top
0: 64 215 pounds he yeah. certainly can get some looks here for the college game those are your top five quarterbacks we'll take a, we'll revisit them here in a few <laughs> weeks see how yeah see, see how if we shakes out. yeah we'll see we'll flip it around if uh, need be but now to the top 10 discussion luke you of course every week had a new set of rankings. Not much flipped around except in C1 where that new uh, yep. upset of number 1 Pierce. But let's start in Class A. Mostly everyone took care of business. The only one, like we mentioned, was Lincoln East and Southeast there.
1: For sure, yeah. For all those top Class A teams, it was surviving. Um, not, not necessarily the toughest challenges, but you know, if it's not going to be the strongest opponent, you know, the biggest rivalry game, can you get through that? Can you go beat an opponent on the road when it's a bigger game for them? Um so credit all those teams that did that. Lincoln East going up to number eight. You know, you mentioned that loss to Papio South. If they were five and 0 they'd probably be looking at trying to crack that top five. Yeah. But I think probably head coach John Gingry might be ultimately happy that they don't have the pressures of being yeah. a top five team. You know, he wants he wants them to be hungry, get ready for that that playoff grind. And definitely Southeast had to drop out. They're kind of in free fall after these last two and to an extent two and a half weeks after a pretty tough road win o- over Grand Island. So going to need to get back on track with some wins. A lot of competition there at the bottom of Class A. I got North Platte, 4-1 and one record. Not the strongest schedule caliber of opponent they faced, but they have a really strong team. Got to figure they're going to be in there. And I'm going with Millard West at mm-hmm. 10. Consider Carney, consider Columbus. They're 4-1. and one. Not the strongest schedule either. Three straight wins over some Lincoln opponents. So they're going to be tested down the stretch. But yeah, Millard West got a a strong run game strong defense too so it'll be interesting to see what they do against lincoln east
0: they'll have a chance to prove their top 10 ranking in these next two weeks at lincoln east this week and then host Bellevue west yeah number two so we'll certainly see i want to bring this up and we don't have to answer this right now we can answer it come playoff time i don't know why i want to keep talking about lincoln east but i do (laughs) at the end of this regular season Mm -hmm. i want to answer the question is this the best lincoln team in the last five years going into the playoffs. Mm. Again, we'll have to... Yeah. I think we, it's too early, so we'll wait. first sure. And we'll I'll put that in your mind. Because <laughs> obviously last year's Lincoln Southeast team who made the Final Four comes to strong. mind. Very yeah. But we'll see how this Lincoln East yeah. team does.
1: And de- definitely with the style, I think Cedric Case and 2018, I think the Lincoln High team mm-hmm. uh, that was a serious contender, didn't have the strongest playoffs. Um, but in terms of regular season consistency, yeah, you got to compare the level of offense and you're going hey walters is 22 touchdowns in five games oh geez <laughs> yeah, know, yeah what are his numbers going to be like yeah. at the end of the year we will
0: wait to see in class b for rankings not much again changes bennington and elcor both win plattsmith though we talked about them last week whether or
1: not they're for real and now they are 55 I guess, yeah. nothing i guess they were listening to the podcast yeah <laughs> they're <were> going hey <laughs> come on we are for yeah real. What, are, what, are you, what are you talking about Got to put up a 55 spot, and Crete really a lot better than last year. They have some solid pieces on offense, so shutting them out, not letting them put up a single point, that's a statement in itself, and that's why they got to jump up to number three. Obviously, these next couple of weeks, like we talked about last week, that'll really show us what they're made of, but at this point in the year, there's there's no denying that there's a reason why they're undefeated. Strong run game, great defense, good combination as always. And then you
0: had... Beatrice, the Orangeman, home of our fielders leader, sports editor, Clark Grell. <laughs> they control the second half and beat Norris, and they move up one spot. Beatrice,
1: Orangeman, might be for real. Yeah. Just like I was talking about, strong run game, strong defense. Well, that's Beatrice, too. Uh, probably threw the ball about five times in that game. Didn't need to throw it. They got a, a new first-year head coach, Jeff Kezior and he after the game he said you know the fans love this is the style they want to run the ball and that's exactly what they did that second half against Norris I don't have the exact stat on it but roughly estimating they had the ball about 21 out of those 24 minutes a pair of touchdown drives that went like seven and eight minutes and then forced a turnover I mean hey talk about winning football right there that's really incredible that 5-0 start that they're off to Going to be biggest test of the year for them, definitely going on the road to Waverly this week. Going to be a big one.
0: Then, of course, in C1, the biggest changes of all classes, Ashlyn Greenwood, your new number one after Pierce lost to Boone Central. Kozad and Shadron also make their debut in the top 10 rankings after staying undefeated.
1: Yep. And Ashlyn Greenwood, really, really solid team. I like their defense, too. They have a lot of different players that contribute offensively and probably a little bit of uh, an interesting one for them. You know, they they've had some real good wins, but you know, it isn't like one of those marquee like, okay, we just, you know, upset someone huge, we're the number one team. It's like, okay, someone else beat Pierce. But ultimately I think that, that top five is really, really close in C one. Uh that that Boone Central game kind of proved it that how close it was, you know, two point game. You got Scotus in there, Wayne who played who's who's played some really tough games, Columbus Lakeview, even below them who really pushed Pierce earlier so yeah I I think those those top teams are going to be pretty hard to separate in in the coming weeks it's it's going to be playoff time that'll show us them then in C2 to finish things out not much changes Ord moves up
0: to number six otherwise everyone is still chasing Archbishop Bergen up at one
1: definitely yeah pretty much uh all those top teams have picked up a loss over the last couple weeks Bergen still undefeated strong offense and yeah, or the defending champs, they they had that loss to Oakland Craig, but they bounced back really well over the last couple of weeks. You know, showed showed that they aren't that team that kind of got blowed out, put up a pretty weak effort. And I think come playoff time, yeah, that that top five ranking will pretty accurately show how tough they are. Teams will not want to play them.
0: <laughs> and then class
1: D, nothing
0: really changes at all. The chaos is yet the start in lower class D and six man, but don't go away because. Upcoming, we got the week six preview and then a couple of hot takes from Luke and I, including a big matchup in class B and then in C2 as well. Don't go away. The Prep Extra podcast presented by the Lincoln Journal Star. We'll be right back. back third edition of the prep extra podcast presented by the lincoln journal star jeff extra along with luke mullen and luke we're moving into week six already
1: crazy we we're talking this beforehand yeah. class uh, d playoffs are already a few weeks away yeah i mean now we're getting into october and then it's like okay well we got all these district games and then oh it's november it's playoff football Time moves quick, you know. You gotta seize those wins while you can, and the time is now for these teams. Playoff teams are made in September. Championship teams are made in October. Nice, just came be a coach, that. Jeff. Yeah,
0: yeah, love it. <laughs> Starting in Class A, Millard West taking on Lincoln East. That is Thursday night at Seacrest. That one's gonna be interesting. Millard West, who is trying to play spoiler a little bit to Lincoln East. That one, I think, is kind of contrasting in styles. Millard West is a grinded out. Run a team, yeah. Lincoln
1: East, air raid. And definitely why I circle this is because Millard West needs this win. Like, ultimately, they are a strong team, but you got to pick up those wins where you can to get into the playoffs. And hopefully for them, you know, not to be the number 16 seed <laughs> that has to go to Millard South, too. So to get this one, you know, go back to three and three, as you mentioned, um, you know, what they have coming up ahead, too. That's going to be super important. And for Lincoln East, then, too, you know, staying on track. It, against some of these strong opponents too mm-hmm. you no know, walters obviously he's he's thrown five touchdowns a couple of weeks in a row can he keep doing it you know he's he's got the talent they have the game plan every week to get it done but ultimately you know execution doesn't always go how you plan it so it's going to be a test them as always to to keep that up and keep rolling second straight thursday night game for lincoln east there they, by the i way. think they have two more coming up jeez yeah uh you know, I, I think it's the home team kind of for Seacrest. Uh, they get the short end of the straw a little yeah. bit, some of those Thursday games. But, hey, you know, if you're playing it every week, you can adjust your schedule accordingly. Yeah. So I'm sure Gingry, he's uh, he's pretty <laughs> used to that. <laughs> then we
0: have an A and B crossover. Number four in Class B, Omaha. Scott is at Class A, number six, Gretna. And finally, a little bit of a
1: test yeah. for the Dragons. Going to be a, a fun one. Two really good quarterbacks there. And for both of those teams, a little bit of a a prove-it game, you know, not in the sense that they're going to meet this team again in the playoffs because they won't, but in the sense that this is a marquee opponent, someone who's really good, top of their class. Omaha Scott with with only that one loss to Bennington, Gretna undefeated so far. So you're going to figure both of those teams are going to give it a really good shot. I'm super excited to see how that one turns out. Scott always... Plays tough in these marquee games, so I definitely would not count them out despite playing up a class. Three,
0: this is the start of a rough three game stretch for Gretna. Really test what type of team they are. Scut this week at Elkhorn South, then home against Lincoln Southeast, who has proved to be inconsistent, but still their quality team nonetheless.
1: Yeah, definitely. And Gretna kicking around there, you know, they're undefeated, but a little bit below that caliber of top five team, Westside, Elkhorn South above them. So, those direct comparisons are going to be great. Great to see. And I'm sure Gretna will really appreciate those tests come playoff time. Now, in full class B, you have number eight, Beatrice, at number
0: five, Waverly. I feel like that one's just going to be a war. Absolutely. And Beatrice, after proving their worth last week against Norris, they get to do it right again here against Waverly.
1: Yeah, and for me the the story for Waverly a little bit, um starting quarterback Cole Murray just came back from injury. You can check out my story journalstar.com about that and about the Waverly team. Also, note this is our Lincoln Journal Star game of the week, so I'll be chatting with both coaches, getting up a preview on our website too, so make sure to check that out. And all the coverage that we'll provide for you this weekend. That'll be a big one Friday night. We'll definitely have someone out there. And for, for Waverly, they've had a really tough schedule, but this is just a team that that kind of seems to thrive on those games. You know, you get a, another top undefeated opponent coming into your place. That's going to get those Vikings fired up yep. all right. And they, they always play tough on defense. Like you mentioned, the battle in trenches. I mean, if you want to see some good offensive line and defensive line play, then Waverly is your place to be on Friday night. I would say they had a rough Two game stretch near the beginning of the year
0: at Omaha Scott they lost in double overtime then lost the next week to number two now number two Elkhorn fourteen thirteen got a couple wins against Northwest and Mount Michael Beatrice this week at Plattsmith next week
1: yeah talk about a, a tough stretch and ultimately going to show what they're made of a little bit you you think about you know their style about running the ball and keeping keeping it controlling the clock a little bit. That gets tested when the game is tight, when you fall behind a little bit, which for the most part, they've been ahead or are tied. I think for the most part, that Elkhorn North game was a little tight uh, for Beatrice. So that'll be a different kind of style of test for them. Yeah. Coming up.
0: Then on the other side for Beatrice, Waverly this week at Seward the next week, then home against Plattsmith. <laughs> yeah. Those are two undefeated teams right there. Seward yeah. and Plattsmith as well. Man, Platzman's getting some tough games, too. Yeah, let's say that's a pretty rough schedule as well. Moving down now to the other big game of the week in C2. It's a top-five matchup. Number three, Aquinas at number one, Archbishop Bergen. And I think, Luke, this will be a real test of how the field is against Bergen, who has seemed kind of untouched this year. Of course, Aquinas in that number three ranking after upsetting Oakland Craig earlier this season.
1: Yeah, and for Aquinas, the strength is definitely their defense. They have a crazy good pass rush. They got some good linebackers too who are going to clog up the running game. And so it's really going to be a test to see if Cohen McIntyre can pick them apart. I know he did that last year. Archbishop Bergen went the whole regular season undefeated. Playoffs, obviously no one no one could beat him until the state title game against Ord. So this Aquinas team, really one of the best, best challengers that I see in C2. Obviously really good coaching, um, a lot of consistency up there in that program. So if they can do it in the regular season, that's really going to show that the rest of C2 is close. They can't get it done, and you've got Bergen still undefeated, a lot of these challengers picking up one or two wins. Yeah, definitely that gap seems like it, it would be growing at that point. Well, that's all the big games for
0: Week 6. Not as—it's still hard to live up to what we had a few weeks ago to uh, number 1 versus number 2 matchups. But still some quality ones that you'll want to watch out for, especially that Game of the Week Beatrice at Waverly. And now on to finish out the show in our favorite part, Jeff and Luke's hot take of the week. And Luke, I'll start—and I'll start with the Game of the Week. Yeah. I believe in the Orangemen. I'm going Beatrice to take out Waverly on the road. I like this team. I like Deegan Nelson at running back. And I think for a team that can grind it out with their rushing attack and offensive line play, being at Waverly might hurt. Mm -hmm. It might hurt for Beatrice, but I don't know.
1: I like this Beatrice team. Yeah, definitely Deegan Nelson um, as that top running back. Then they have Elliott Jurgens to rotate mm-hmm. in. That's a great one-two punch. They they run the fullback a little bit, depending on where they line up Nelson or if they bring in a different guy too. Um, Waverly will have seen that look a little bit, so I don't think they're going to be thrown off. But, yeah, you you think this game should be fairly low scoring. Again, one of those yeah. grinded-out games. And Beatrice definitely has the talent talent to get it done. Like you said, going to be tough on the road, but not not crazy. I can see yeah. it happening. Yeah. I like it. How about you? Well, I'm I'm going with uh, another number one to fall. I think Aquinas has has what it takes to get it done against Bergen this week. Um, that Aquinas defense started off the year with back to back shutouts. A little bit tougher opponents. I mean Bishop Newman and Centennial are both borderline top ten teams that they shut out as well. Um, but Scott has put up a pretty good number on them. Crofton and Oakland Craig too. But you think those experiences kind of test you a lot. I don't think any of these defenses that have played McIntyre so far have seen that level of opponent week in, week out. And I love McIntyre. He is definitely one of the best players I have seen in the last few weeks. But he has to have an off night sometime. I would say the same about Walters from East, but he keeps chucking it every night. And I I think this this could just be the one to trip up Bergen a little bit you know, that, that Lincoln-Lutheran game statistically is the closest they've played all year, but it was pretty much done through three quarters. So, you know, if you're going into the fourth quarter, a battle, which this one really should mm-hmm. be, that can definitely go either way, and and they haven't had that test so far. Well, there you have it. Beatrice is going to win, along with
0: Aquinas upsetting another yeah. number one. You heard it right here <laughs> on the Prep Extra podcast. What,
1: Luke, we're each one and one? Yep. We uh we got it right last week. We, we crushed it, so... No. So there we go. Keeping it up.
0: We're experts at this point. At least we <laughs> hope. This has been episode three of the Prep Extra podcast presented by the Lincoln Journal Star. If you want more, including Luke's coverage of this game of the week and anything else, go to prepextra.com for all the prep coverage that you wish you had. And also follow us on Twitter at Prep Extra, as well as our personals at LMullen7 and, and at X on Sports. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, we'll see you next week. Enjoy the football, everybody.